Hello, and welcome to Digital Marketing Musings, hosted by Merkle. Each episode, we choose a different expert to share the latest and greatest in digital marketing. Today, we're interviewing Michaela Baxter about gamification experiences. All right, let's get to it. I'm Gaia Reed. And I'm Andrea McCartney. And this is Digital Marketing Musings. Welcome back to Digital Marketing Musings Season 2. We're joined today by Michaela Baxter to talk about gamification. Michaela Baxter is a senior director on Merkel's experience and commerce team. Uh, she's focused on loyalty strategy with a decades-long passion for gamification and behavioral economics. Welcome to the show, Michaela. Hello. Thanks for inviting me to talk with you today. Of course. We're super excited. And some background leading into this episode We've talked on various episodes of the show so far um, a little bit about gaming, the future of the metaverse, and how brands can incorporate gaming into their overall business and marketing strategy. If you want to hear some of that conversation, we recommend going back to the last episode of the season um, for season one, where we looked at the trends heading into Q1 of 2022 in the Media Insights Report. With today's episode, we're launching a full series about gaming, how brands can get more involved, how to think about gaming creative, more about esports, NFTs, Web3, the metaverse, and, and finally, how to invest in gaming in a way that serves you know, the good of society. Um, we're dipping our toe in today um, with talking about gamification in general and how brands can use many of the psychological drivers that make gaming so effective at creating user engagement within their overall consumer experience. Michaela recently penned an article for the Merkle blog on this very topic, which we'll link to in our show notes. And in this publication, she covers the main elements that are essential to creating an effective gamified experience. So Michaela, to start with, what is gamification? So if you were to Google you know, what is gamification? You would probably get a result with a definition, something like using principles of game design and game, um, game mechanics in non-game contexts and non-game experiences. Um, and it's all about designing an experience to be more engaging and to change consumer behavior using those principles that are very effective in traditional games even board games, right? And we're not even just talking about virtual games, right? Mm -hmm. And this is how many marketers apply gamification today. The work that I do within Merkle Experience and Commerce has a bit more of an expansive view on gamification and pulls from other disciplines within motivational science um, when thinking about designing customer experiences. And this is something that I encourage marketers to explore, to look beyond gamification to motiv motivational science more broadly and applying those learnings to your work. So on top of gamification, we use behavioral economics as a means to design the experience to influence decisions and shortcut human biases. Mm -hmm. and, and we use principles of habit building to create unconscious action and that stickiness within the experience. So Merkel's experience design approach applies, yes, principles of gamification that are incredibly effective, but also behavioral economics and habit building ultimately to spark emotion, shortcut human biases, um, and build those habits. Okay. So are there specific responses or types of responses we're looking to get for uh, from users when we're using gamification? Absolutely. I mean, 
the the response you want is an emotion, which is very <laughs> difficult to measure, right? <laughs> right. But ultimately, we want gamification to spark some emotion, some intrinsic motivation okay. that motivates an individual to do something, rather than more of a um, an incentive based or a carrot stick approach to behavior change. So the internal motivation, that emotion that you want to spark, is key because. When a person is intrinsically motivated to, some, to, to do something, right, it comes from inside, those external rewards or even risk of punishment or losing something, they become less important. So it's, it's, it's kind of where I start going or I start in my article around the intrinsic motivation and, and how, you, how you can build the experience around that. Okay. And now my favorite question to ask, do you have any examples of this? <laughs> sure. Yeah, a very basic um, application of gamification is a progress tracker. So maybe you've seen this uh, for an account where you have a user profile, or if it's not a user profile, then a loyalty program where you're seeing progress toward your next tier, progress toward your next reward. That progress tracker is a gamification visualization that gives you a goal, shows you where you are on the path toward it, which motivates completion because... Who doesn't want to be 100% complete on a task, right? You started it, you want to get it finished. Um, a more sophisticated example would be an app like Duolingo, which is a product and is very commonly used as a use case in gamification. Um, but it, it applies multiple game mechanics into a system that motivates learning. So the emotional driver there is learning. Um, and they use mechanics like challenges, levels, digital currencies, feedback, progress within their experience to design this gamified system to keep people engaged in learning. There's all there's always in-betweens, right? So from a client example, we did a promotion with Honey Nut Cheerios that incorporated product packaging into a gamified experience, so bridging that physical and digital world. Um, and in this experience, consumers could scan a code found on packaging, which earned them 200 buzz coins. That was the currency that they earned that they could then donate to one of three celebrity teams with different charities. And then scanning that code unlocked badges. It unlocked other games, um, entries into sweepstakes prize pools. And the team with the most buzz coins at the end of the campaign earned the largest charity donation. So these are kind of, this spans the spectrum, <laughs> really a more simple gamification to more sophisticated. Um, but it's, you know, and, and then the Honey Naturias example is somewhere in between. Very cool. Thank you. I feel like, uh, and Andrea knows this from previous episodes, <laughs> but I'm obsessed with uh, the apps for like different fast food restaurants. Um, yeah. And there's really simple examples on those too, like uh, Taco Bell under their rewards. They have just like a, they say, uh, see your challenges uh, instead of like a, a reward that you can like earn. It's like has a challenge for you to do. Or even McDonald's has like uh, that project uh, progress tracker that you're talking about where you can see the points you've earned and like which free things you've earned with those mm -hmm. points and like what you can unlock with more points down the line. So you see it just like all over the place. Yeah. And those examples are a combination of gamification and behavioral economics, because there's a lot of like decisioning around how you frame some of those rewards and how you position them on the page and giving people choices. And, and um, so that is those, that's a great example of combining those two sciences together in the experience. 
So in the article, you focus on two main gamification elements. Um, the first one being those engagement drivers, uh, and the second one being game mechanics. So starting with engagement drivers, can you define that a little bit more? Like, what are those? Sure. Yeah, I, kind of, I hinted at it, right? So yeah. it's, um, it's that intrinsic motivation, and an engagement driver is the intrinsic motivation you want to spark within your customer. Ultimately, ultimately, it's the outcome and how you want them to feel as a result of engaging with the brand or engaging with your experience. Um, there are many motivations that motivate us as humans, hundreds, right? Yeah. Happiness, fear, excitement, adventure. <laughs> um, and at Merkel, within our gamification design process, we narrowed those drivers down to six that we think are common and how consumers want to engage with brands. Um, and those six that are noted in the article are um, the driver around to give, to connect, to compete, to learn, to create, and to solve. So again, these are the drivers that we see most commonly consumer how consumers want to engage with brands. They don't want to engage on fear, for sure, right? That's why you don't see that on the list. But um, you as a listener, as a marketer, um, you may hear those six and say, well, that doesn't exactly apply to my brand, um, and that's okay. So what I would say is identify the emotional motivation that's right for your brand and build your strategy on top of that. And that's really um, the why identifying the gamification driver is so important is understanding that, that, that emotional motivation. Um, and I think it's important here to note, too, that gamification is often um, synonymous with competition. Mm -hmm. But um, you may not always want to motivate competition. You may want to spark, you might have a different emotion that you might want to spark. And gamification do that, can do that in so many more ways. Uh, can you give an example of what you were just uh, kind of alluding to of uh, a brand in action um, motivating in a way that's not competition driven? Sure. Yeah, we, um, we work with AARP on their loyalty program called a a AARP Rewards. And so you may hear AARP and think, this, this feels like a company that would not really embrace gamification, right? That, um, but it, but this program um, that we that we've worked with them on is all about um, preparing individuals for life's challenges as you age. So it's all about learning and preparation. And so they use gamification to help people continue to learn in many ways, like how, how Duolingo does, right? Um, and 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 they form their the experience around that. They have an existing base loyalty program that is your typical approach to loyalty. So um, it's more engagement-based, so view content and earn points that you can then use for specific rewards. But they added a gamified element called extra credit into the experience. And so this gamified feature is basically a mini curriculum of specific, on a specific topic designed toward learning, toward building mastery, and toward achievement. Again, laddering back to that emotional motivation of learning and preparation. So the design of the feature really started with that um, emotional, that kind of intrinsic motivation to learn first. You mentioned that there are some engagement drivers that we don't encourage brands to use, uh, fear being one of those that consumers don't like to engage with. Have you seen brands actually use those tactics in the past and what have the, the outcomes been for those? 
I can't think of a recent example where I could clearly tell that fear was the core motivation there. Um, They're not very effective tactics to base a large strategy around. You may have components of it. Like even in a loyalty program, point expiration, Mm. the fear of losing those points and reminding people that they might lose those points is um, an element that kind of elicits fear, right? Um, But you don't want your brand at a higher level to be associated with a negative emotion like that. And so that's why using some of those tactics kind of in smaller, more strategic ways is probably important. I would would not recommend basing um, a gamification strategy around a negative emotion like fear or loss. Um, it, it won't spark those positive long-term brand, you know, emotions that you want to create through the experience. Got it. That makes sense. So in terms of the second uh, gamification element, which was game mechanics, um, what are some common tactics that, that brands can use and how do they work in combination with engagement drivers to achieve uh, the desired result? Sure. When you mention the word gamification, most marketers' minds go straight to points, badges, and leaderboards. Right. Oh, I've gamified my experience because I added a badge. And these are definitely effective mechanics, but they should not be universally, universally applied. So, for example, leaderboards work well when you are motivating engagement through competition and some sort of social experience. I'm thinking right? like the gym sort but of situation. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And in typical games, you see leaderboards all the time because they're social games. um, And, you know, you're trying to beat someone else, your friend or, you know, some some other person out there. Um, But they aren't aren't, they're not great mechanics when you want to do something like motivate creativity or connection. Mm -hmm. And in fact, leaderboards could actually discourage creativity and connection. So you want to choose mechanics carefully when you design the experience. Um, at Merkle, we have a framework we use um, that kind of maps those, um, those game mechanics to our specific drivers. There are other gamification experts out there like Yukai Chow, who has a framework that does the same thing around you know, the drivers that, that he sees within gamification more broadly. Uh, and there are hundreds of mechanics you could choose from that maybe you haven't heard of, like Easter eggs beginner's luck, set collecting, streaks, countdown clocks. These are all mechanics that are not often called out when talking about gamification, but they can really help make that experience more sophisticated than something as simply as adding points, badges, and leaderboards. I can imagine, like, you know, Facebook or or now Meta, they always talk about how their whole thing is trying to give people more ways to connect and to have more like social experiences with each other. But like you talked about, if there were like leaderboards to some of those like activities that they, that people engage with on, you know, Facebook, like if you had like a a counter for how many like statuses you posted a year or like how many messages you, you sent to people, like every time you'd get a message from someone, you'd be like, are they just trying to up their their metrics? And it would feel very contrived. Yeah. Yeah. And something like a leaderboard is also, it's great for those that when you're at the top, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're trying to drive engagement with millions of users, 
great. You're only going to have a select few at the top and everyone else on the bottom is thinking, well, how do I even achieve that? I'm so far from those top people that it's, it actually um, does not motivate them to want to participate in the experience. I mean, you could, you could break right. those leaderboards down into smaller groups if you wanted to, to even your own, you know, if, if it's meta, it's like your own personal social network or something, but it's still, um, th that, that motivation that, um, that a leaderboard you know, is intended to, to motivate, is, is intended to do, um, may actually have kind of negative, that the, the negative effect, um, if not done with, in the right context. Right. In terms of social networks, LinkedIn is one that I think probably does a pretty good job of all of this. Like they have their like little, like you've got like your status bar and then you've also got like, oh, you've appeared in X number of searches this week sort of thing. Um, so at least like um, on a like more individual scale, I feel like they do it well. Uh, the conversations also make me think yeah. of like MySpace and like top friends back in the day and <laughs> like, yes. all kinds of things with the social networks. Yeah, I, I think when it when you relate it back to more the individual in some circumstances, like you did with LinkedIn, right, versus um, in relation to a broader community. When you, when you can do that on an individual level, it does become very motivating because then you can see progress mm -hmm. and you can see, oh, you know, maybe you had a goal in mind and you, well, like I have X number of comments on this post. That's really exciting to me, right? Yeah, so. yeah. right. Uh, are there other examples that you're thinking of, Michaela? Yeah, I can actually build on the ARP example to maybe connect the, um, the driver, that emotion to the mechanics. So again, this feature that's within the ARP rewards program is called extra credit, and it's rooted back in that individual's desire to learn. Um, so mechanics that align with that goal of learning and that we chose to incorporate in this feature are missions. Um, so giving a person an, an achievable task during a, you know, a designated period of time. Um, set collecting and progress. So set collecting is, is a curated set of content where the visuals and the experience can help show you progress toward achieving that goal and show, um, and, and that's where the, product, where the progress tracker can come in there as well. Um, the mechanic of feedback, so validating um, an action within the experience. So in this case, it would be mission completion or um, completing a specific task within the, the set. And then digital rewards in the form of bonus points for completing that mission. So all of these mechanics combined together align to that goal of tapping into that individual's internal motivation to learn. That's really helpful. Thank you. So at the top of everyone's mind today um, are the changes to digital privacy and the impending deprecation of the third-party cookie and a lot of um, iOS changes, the importance of collecting really solid first-party data sets. Um, how do your recommendations around gamifications tie into how marketers and business leaders should be thinking about and preparing for these changes? I think applying gamification is a great opportunity for marketers to collect more behavioral and zero-party data about their customers because it can be organically captured through the experience. So for example, gamification can be used to make something like a survey more engaging. So within the experience, you could have people maybe select their favorite menu item Mm -hmm. And you've captured that preference data and that menu, and then it leads to the next experience, but you've captured that preference data around their favorite menu item. 
um, or maybe it's a personality test that you incorporate into the experience, which is a little bit more of an organic and engaging way to also collect, collect data on an individual. Where surveys, that typical survey approach, may get single-digit responses because you've added gamification to that idea of a survey and woven it into the experience, you'll actually see your data capture rates be higher because it becomes part of the experience rather than some separate kind of siloed, even more um, clinical <laughs> type of an experience. So for business leaders, I think gamification offers a lot of opportunity to weave that data capture into the experience versus how they might typically um, try to understand customer behavior through siloed surveys, secondary research, or uh, customer anal um, analytics based on predictive analysis, you know, rather than data captured directly from the customer. So there's a lot of opportunity here that gamification can help in terms of collecting that, that data that brands now need because of um, digital privacy concerns. It definitely feels more natural. Like I, I'm thinking of an example. Um, I was on the Express website probably, you know, a few months ago, and you're able to earn rewards points to their loyalty program if you do all sorts of like prompts, like if you like fill out a style quiz or, or something mm -hmm. like that, where you're talking about like kind of natively collecting some of that data in a way that doesn't feel like I got an email from this company and they want me to like fill out this super long survey around my preferences. Right. Yeah. Um, and the idea of even a preference center within a, a customer profile is a great way to capture data as long as you're doing it in a way that is natural to the brand and that you would legitimately use to help, you know, enhance the experience um, that you're not just capturing data for First, you know, the sake of capturing data, you wanted to make sure that the customer feels like you're using it in their experience to make it better. And you used a term um, zero party data. Can you define that for us? Sure. Zero party data is um, data that a customer willingly gives to a brand um, that is usually more lifestyle um, preference or, um, uh, you know, individual kind of uh, household information data. Um, that a, an individual would give that you would not collect through just their um, digital behaviors within a brand experience um, or beyond their normal personal information like email and that kind of thing. So the zero-party data capture is really important to personalization because it is those nuanced things of what people want and, and what they like and what they need in their lives that you can then help make that experience more personal for them because you know they have pets or they have kids at home and that kind of As, thing. Right, right. As you're giving okay. your definition, I was saying, like, that's the goal that we want. That's the information that we need. <laughs> right. Yeah, and so you want to you want to figure out a way to collect that information in a way that feels organic right. within the experience and um, and not creepy. <laughs> yeah, well said, well yeah. said. So, closing out our episode, are there any other key takeaways you'd like our listeners to walk away with um, after uh, listening to the episode? Yeah, I think the instinct among most when thinking about creating a gamified experience or adding gamification to an existing experience is to jump straight to the mechanics. Go jump straight to the leaderboard, mm -hmm. right? I get it. It's the tangible stuff in the experience where, that you can wrap your head around. But really understanding your customer's emotional 
emotional motivation is the critical first step in successful gamification. So my closing takeaway from our discussion today is always to start with a deeper understanding of your customer, then design the experience around it, making sure that it ladders back into tapping into their emotional motivation. Great advice. Here, here. <laughs> Michaela, thank you again for joining us today. It's been great talking with you about your knowledge and expertise on gamification. So truly, thank you so much. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. That brings us to the end of this episode of Digital Marketing Musings. If you have an idea for an episode for our 2022 season, we would love to hear it. Just drop us a note at digitalmarketingmusings at merkelink.com. And of course, don't forget to subscribe and to rate and review our show. It helps others find us. And please be sure to tell a friend about us as well. This episode was produced by Merkel with sound and video editing by Megan Ekman. Our team includes copywriting by Melissa Riley, graphic design by Garrett Rubel, website support by Ted Lonzak, and social media and promotion by Gina Astrop and Andrea Ratner. Be sure to tune in over the next few months for more on our series on gaming and things brands and digital marketers can do or should be considering as they're talking about gamification, gaming, all things related. Uh, until next time, I'm Andrea McCartney. And I'm Gaia Reed. Bye.